0: What did I do to deserve such contempt? I gave you the world. Bullshit. You've got everyone
1: fooled. Minerva. Everyone but me. Maybe Phil was right. I should have poisoned you when I had the chance.
0: They really are. and welcome back to a wonderful episode of the furadashi podcast i am here with the amazing nicholas and i am your host lauren ash we're not going to do the normal bit today because i totally cut him off and that was like crazy i'm gonna try something new
2: (laughs) because the cat i'm so like i'm trying to fend off the cat from trying to climb up on my lap so we don't have to do the ordinary bit
0: (laughs) great we'll just we'll cut that or we'll keep it um, we'll today, <laughs> today, I wanted to uh, intro this and really just give a shout out to all of our little Patreon subscribers um, and any of our new listeners that we have today. One of my tweets recently blew up while I'm on hiatus for the next three weeks. But what is hiatus but still t- chatting with Nicholas and talking about the podcast.
2: Yeah, you don't get so. to take a vacation.
0: I don't get to take a vacation. And so here I am not really taking a vacation, but don't worry. I love being here and I love the recent support and everybody that's been listening today. So just a recent shout out to all our new and our loyal subscribers here. Um, So recently we've been talking a lot about uh, narrative design, narrative systems, and also about immersion, right? And how narrative really plays into the amount of immersion and experience and emotions that a player feels. And while that seems kind of like, yeah, well, doy. I've I've only been listening for like two episodes. Of course, So
2: like yes, um, we listened to the previous episodes, Lauren. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of times, though, right in the really in the AAA space in the game development world. From the other episodes, if you haven't listened, go and take a listen to our production philosophy episodes or ones where we talk about how AAA production seems to silo and isolate right our hapless yeah. level designers from yeah. our hapless systems designers, and then an experience becomes dissonant or disjointed. We wanted to actually talk about when those mechanics and when those gameplay loops are so phenomenal that the gameplay itself becomes a narrative and immersive experience. And so in today's episode, we're going to kind of just talk about what is gameplay as narrative and a subset of that is combat. So a combat narrative. And I'm not just talking about a user story or the way someone as a combat designer might be like, this is the story I wanted to tell of combat or this is the story of how Right A character throws a punch. It's more about yeah. when you, the player, are throwing those punches. your combat narrative is the narrative, like is the story. Yes. So Nicholas, take us away with that awesome academic theory that is already zooming up in your head. I can see it on your face.
2: Yeah, so I think the other uh, like grounding point that we need to begin from, since we're back in the the neurotology zone, featuring Lauren and Nicholas. Um, So we're, once we're talking about narratology again, it's important to remember these, it's unfortunate that they're French words, but they're, isn't really good like english terminology for this which is why i tend to use the french terms so in french like narratology and also just in the french language generally speaking when they're talking about stories like you can make a distinction between what is called histoire which is etymologically similar to our word story so the histoire is what happens it's like so the the content of a story so to speak the récit is the this is the more amorphous of the two and it's actually the one that we want to talk about today is the the kind of the how so histoire is the what crazy is the how but it's how in a lot of different ways and so when we're talking about so oftentimes like when people are trying to translate from french into english or translating like academic french into english like histoire will be translated as story and uh receipt will be translated as narrative but the problem is that the word narrative in english is actually much broader than its french counterpart not only that narratif is a word in french <laughs> it's only used as an adjective but sort of like it becomes very confusing when you try to take like you know these like systems of understanding that exist in other languages and bring them into english so for the purposes of i guess this particular podcast thing Um, I'd like to think of the what as story, so we'll leave that as is, but instead of translating reci as narrative, let's think of it more in terms of narrative construction, because it's really more about sort of a framework or like, I mean, the word literally means like something like recitation in English. It's like the performance. It's the how it's realized.
0: Right. And I think that when we talked about video games, I tend to use the word recipe to mean narrative delivery. So yeah. any way that you deliver the narrative, right? Where yeah. that's and what's interesting too is that when I talk about narrative delivery, I'm already getting my like triple production itch to go like, okay, I'm not <laughs> talking about and then a combat bark plays. I'm talking about <laughs> the narrative delivery system and the contextual right? Or maybe responsive yeah. or the motivations, right? Why these dialogue needs to play. Maybe two heroes are reviving each other, right? Like that's a yeah. context, yeah. right? That's a whole motivational thing of I need to revive my friend. And yeah. when I say heroes, I'm usually referring to Marvel's Avengers because that is a hero property that I worked on. Yeah. Um, so if I end up saying hero versus character, it's because I'm drawing from that experience on, on Marvel's Avengers. Yeah. And so I think that when you look at narrative construction, there's those two elements of narrative, right? The construction yeah. of it, I'm the designer. And then yeah. almost like, right, the reception of that, right? The I have received this package. Thank you. Yeah. Right. However, it was delivered. I has now received and <laughs> shall be storied. Right. And then yeah. you open it and yeah. the story comes out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, like, so in the past, we've talked about fairly obvious like modes of narrative delivery. We've talked about sort of like, you know, voiceover dialogue. We've talked about data slates. We've talked about, you know, environmental storytelling, where it's much more obvious how, like, the the way you're receiving story content relates to sort of this broader concept of narrative. But when it comes to something like combat, and combat is a really interesting thing to focus on. Oftentimes, people still compartmentalize that from all of those other things. It's hard; it's much harder to think about combat as having a narrative structure and a mode of narrative delivery, because oftentimes, when people discuss combat, it gets just gets reduced to mechanics. And the thing is, like, if you think of it solely in terms of the mechanical level, yeah, you can make that distinction, but as we have discussed on this very podcast in the past mechanics don't exist in a vacuum they like exist within frameworks they exist within systems and the way those systems relate to each other and they connect to each other like all of that is significant even for what's going on at the mechanical level and i think the example we used way back when was like punches So, you know, if you're thinking about like a classics like side scrolling fighting game where you have like say, you know, a fast, weak punch, a medium, medium damage punch, and a slow, like high damage punch. The thing is when you use those in game, you often use them in particular combinations depending upon the way in which say an enemy reacts. So like for example, if you hit them with a quick punch and like let's say there's some RNG system in the game where like a quick punch has a percentage chance to stun. So like if you hit them with that quick punch and they're stunned, you're gonna to wanna to hit them with the slower, higher damage one because it's giving you the opportunity to get that slower, harder hitting strike in. But the thing is, like, think about all of the things that I just said. That is, in fact, a little bit of a narrative because the thing is, like, in using the quick strike, but then as something has happened, so you have action, reaction, but then your next action is a reaction to that, Like you now start to have a narrative framework. Things are existing in relationship to each other in the same way that sort of like events in sequence also have to exist within relationship to each other. And so that's narrative or narrative construction or narrative delivery. That's the, the, the R word, the RECI <laughs> aspect of this. Because even though the content doesn't really feel like you're, quote, telling a story... Still, the relationship between all the actions and their reactions have a narrative structure.
0: And I think it's very easy for us to kind of jump straight into like the classic example of combat as narrative being right, yeah. a Dark Souls or a Bloodborne yeah. or Elden Ring, right? Yeah. But I want to. I want to bring that into your brain's brain's attention, right, so that your (laughs) brains are already thinking correctly and or thinking, like, along that line. Or if you've ever played a Souls-like game, right, then now you realize, oh, okay, that is the reason why it's combat as narrative. But let's just kind of go down, right, into what combat with a fast, weak punch, right, or a quick punch, a slow punch, and a block, right? What do these mean, for a story and we actually need to go back into a lot of like the old like martial arts films and this is why for me (laughs) whenever you watch an action film right and you watch these combat scenes those combat scenes are not there just to be like oh look they're throwing punches like a true like martial artist like aficionado is gonna see like there is a story that each of these characters are telling right yeah and when one of them gets so enraged and so frustrated what do they do well, they stop blocking and they just keep throwing punches, right? Yeah. That narrative, right, is you can tell that they're just going all out, right? Or yeah. when the guy has the guy pinned, rips him by the collar to the wall and is like, tell me where she is, right? Like that's the big trope. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then
0: even though the guy's like, I don't know, just keeps throwing punches anyway. That's a narrative, yeah. right? And you see this a lot in film, and drama, in – and just general like visual mediums, right? Yeah. And in a video game, you might see this in a in a cutscene, but yeah. they leave the fighting out of the cutscene because you, right, have fought that guy. So what yeah. is your right narrative? Why, right? And now, this is where we get to the thing where narratology doesn't have a French word for it yet. Right. (laughs) And the reason why I say that is I love the French language because I love the ability of making up new words all the time. I do it (laughs) myself. Um, I did pumbled. Which is to be humbled and pummeled at the same time. Well, that that's in order really good. To I like be that. humbled, pummeled. You pummeled. must be humbled. <laughs> you must be pummeled a little to, in order to achieve humility.
2: are so, pummeled right now, actually.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So, as you're pummeling someone, um, what are what are you throwing? Are you throwing a bunch of right uh, quick punches? Are you throwing a bunch of slow punches? Do you need to block a lot? And I yeah. think that that right there is the story right? Of you overcoming, right? An obstacle.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's you overcoming an adversary. Yeah. And in that combat narrative, we now need that context that why are you even throwing the punches and is it, you know, is it storytelling driven where, um, sorry, I got like caught up in my example, but why are you throwing those punches? Right? The first example is I need to block three times because every three times this boss attacks, I, he gets stunned or he has to charge and then I can throw a bunch of quick punches at him. Yeah. Or I throw one big punch, right? And then he recharges back up and he snaps out of it, right? Yeah. So there's now we have a system, we have interplay, we have the way mechanics work together. Yeah. But in another instance, right? Maybe it's a tense moment and my character and me as a player is so enraged by having to do these really tactical boss fights that somehow in the say story, the what has happened in the game, yeah. now makes me, I can't block anymore. They've removed the ability, right? Yeah. You see this in a lot of games all the time when it gets tense. They remove your ability, right? They're like, oh, you don't have access to your special powers anymore. <laughs> Guess you got to figure out what to do. And by what to do, I mean, only press the button that I see, Like, <laughs> right? And then you're just throwing punches. But yeah. nobody really, well, pe- some people complain about it. Most people don't because that they're like, I am enraged that I've had to block so many times now. I am enraged yeah. that my slow punches yeah. don't work anymore. I am so upset that I just keep using all my action points and nothing happens but the weak punch. I am going to just keep throwing weak actually, punches. until you, you die? You said,
2: you said something very, very important there, which is the feeling of nothing happening. In other words, that's actually an example of, of when combat has been divorced from a narrative structure. Because if you're doing things and you're feeling like there's no like in-game feedback to what you're doing, then you've been brought out of that structure, and you brought been brought out of the context in which your actions, be they punches, blocks, or whatever, have significance and have meaning and have relevance to what is going on in the game. In other words, as I said before, that's when the that's when the combat and narrative have become divorced from each other. Whereas if it seemed like the block, so let me think of an example where a block has a particular.
0: Well, I also want to. Yeah. You th- can you think of an example while I talk, or do you yeah, I need ahead. to shut up so you can? No, no, no. Go okay. Ahead. Okay, awesome. What I do want to mention, though, is that when you take someone out of that, Nicholas is correct. You are creating dissonance. You are divorcing the combat from that narrative structure we had. But like we have come to learn, right, is that sometimes dissonance is required to then put the player in that state of a new narrative. And the new narrative being, nothing is happening and I must change. And that character journey now matches the player journey, right? And while we might change how we're like, you know, tweaking the numbers or we're increasing the boss or like boss health or we're, you know, literally removing buttons from doing things, right? Like that lifting you out of the combat narrative and creating that distance can actually improve, right, the story, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if the how, right, the narrative has been removed, I'm making weird gestures with my hands, you <laughs> she, can't she see, is. Um, but, but trust me. <laughs>
2: they're, there, they're there, folks. The, the they're gestures, there, folks. They're and and then they there. end
0: up, but the way that you push them together again, right, is to you yeah. have to put them back. Because if you don't put them back together and you end on that dissonant note, right, mm, it's like yeah. singing a song that never ends. And you're like, no, 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 just, j- just end the note. Like you have too much anticipation.
2: I mean, disson- dissonance itself can be a form of resolution and you see this actually quite a lot in musical theater where they'll use dissonance at the end of a song as a means to like transition into like another mood or into another scene. So dissonance can also be a resolution, but Lauren is pretty much on point there. The, the thing, So I ha- so I actually, I had an original example before Lauren started talking a bit, but actually I have a better one now because I think... I like to have a concrete example of what Lauren is describing. So in the game, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, originally for the Nintendo 64, and I think it was, it's was it been released on other platforms as well. Um, so at the very beginning of the game, when you first acquire a shield, one of the things that you learn is that you can use the shield to reflect projectiles back at your opponents. And you have to do this a couple of times in order to progress through the, the very first dungeon, which is the giant treat now so like the game has set you up to think about the mechanics of how your shield works shield works in a particular way but it isn't just a mechanical thing that it's taught you it's also taught you a narrative structure it's taught you that if i use the shield mechanically in this way like the the little nuts that the guys shoot will reflect back at them will hit them stun them so that i can go in and attack them okay now fast forward all the way to the end of the game when you're fighting ganon in his human i guess it's not the very end of the game it's nearly the end of the game when you're fighting ganon in his human form so you're in a similar situation where ganon is floating in the center of the room there is like a little moat where you're you as link are around the the outside there's a little platform in the middle but even if you jump to the platform in the middle you can't really hit him because he's, he's floating above you and this entire time ganon is shooting like energy balls at you and so you're like oh wait he's shooting energy balls at me i have a shield i will block and i will reflect them back right no because if you try that what you will learn you block and you're like okay and then it hits you and it just dissipates like oh shit (laughs) so in in that moment you actually have a moment of dissonance because the game has earlier in its narrative in, in sort of like the narrative of how combat works in the game has told you that if a projectile is coming at you you block with your shield it will reflect back but now in this instance it doesn't so now you actually have to rethink that combat structure. The dissonance puts you in a position of actually having to like rework how you fight this particular battle. Because what you actually have to do is not just block them, but you have to swing your sword like a baseball bat to hit the energy projectile back at Ganon. And if it hits him, it will stun him. He will drop down to the center. You jump into the center and you hit him with your sword. Like that's an entire so in order to unlock the rest of the narrative structure, you actually have to have that break in the expected pattern. And the expected pattern goes all the way back to the beginning of the game where it set you up to think about combat encounters and sort of the way they're structured in a particular way. But then that notion is broken, you have to react in a different way, and then the narrative of how combat works progresses further.
0: And Exactly. And I think before that is an excellent example, because it really clearly shows the break in that it's a mechanical kind of construct. And before we have our dissenters go, but Lauren, isn't that just really good boss design? And isn't that just really good game design? Well, one, yes. Uh, Game design is also a part of narrative design. Wow, bravo. You have discovered the umbrella term. Okay, Um, I'm clapping for you, but not really because then I wouldn't be able to record.
2: Lauren is Um, doing a very fake clap right now.
0: Yes, fake, 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 fake. Um, But before we do that, you're going to be wondering, right? Lauren, how is that a narrative structure, right? And let's actually talk about, let's just say drama and creating a TV script or creating a good character arc. Because a good character art works the exact same way. You have a really strong and powerful brooding male character. And we're going to do this because everyone knows the brooding anime character. Right? Whether it's Hiei or Sasuke or like, I don't know, any other brooding male. You you get it. Right? Uh, He's got black hair. He's got red eyes.
2: No, the guy that Adam Driver (laughs) plays. What is his name? Kylo? Oh, yeah. Kylo Ren. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. He's got black hair. He's got like a stalwart nose, you know? Like, he makes he's all moody. of, like, he's moody, right? No, but you've got this really strong and slight, and unfortunately, Kylo doesn't actually fit this category, so I apologize, um, oh, but he does it. eventually, but he, be, it's a very, like, overpowered sort of, like, and yet hidden potential, right, character, Yeah. and then, right, throughout their time, they're, either they're a villain, or even if they're, like, an antagonist at one point, they're going through, right, and the break is, oh, man, tragic backstory, right? Or instead of killing someone, suddenly whether like someone's like, oh, general, we need you over here, right? Or actually you're not worth it. But in that moment, you see a glimmer of, I see something of me in you, right? Or I see a reason to spare you, or- I am not going to mercilessly kill you. And a lot of times in drama, like in television drama, this is like love, right? Or it's forced love. Like if I kill you, I realize that our lives are cosmically bound together and killing you would be killing myself. And I love myself, um, brooding male hero, so I can't kill you. And it's that dissonance of break. It's a break in character is what I'm trying to get at here where the moody, right? Brooding male character that doesn't care about anybody suddenly goes, I don't want to hurt you and then leaves right? And you go, ah, oh, that's his character moment. That's his <laughs> growth. That's his, now something was changing. Now I, as the other character, right, have to change how I think about them. Yeah. And what's interesting is that when you watch particularly TV dramas, you as the reader and or the, the viewer are supposed to feel like you are the character whose perspective the story is being told from whenever you're reading a novel whenever you're watching a movie whenever you're watching a television series in many of these you are whoever is the perspective of that character even in a multi character cast kind of drama like um um oh my gosh i forgot the title of it it's like bad bad guys it's like the the movie this the series i actually don't watch but it's the multi cast oh. like oh the bad batch bad batch bad bad is it bad it's not bad batch that's the star wars one if uh, the, I thought
2: that's what you were talking about. Was the story no, no? no. We
0: can do fine. We can do. Okay. We can do Bad Batch because I actually have watched that, and that's better. But even if it's multicast <laughs> like Bad Batch Star Wars, which is yeah. much better than the other one, I haven't watched. Um, but like you're going through the different perspectives, you are supposed to empathize and kind of relate and put yourself onto, right? one of those characters or, or in least, that perspective or at
2: least try to see things or at least the way to, or they, or try see to see them. things yeah. through
0: them i guess yeah. like a better example right is like harry potter right in the harry potter novels is you were obviously only seeing things from harry's perspective yeah. right
2: even though, though, person, yeah, even though it's third person it's even though it's from, third yeah. person,
0: right and that's what i'm trying to get at is that mm-hmm. especially in a lot of these things like you the reader and viewer are constructing the narrative the same way as the person whose perspective you are looking at because you are not the author, right? Yeah. And yeah. in the Legend of Zelda example, you are experiencing kind of the same character break, right, that our moody hero is experiencing, yeah. right? Because it goes, oh, he doesn't want to hurt this person. He must care about them or they must have history. Yeah. Right? Right. Or he goes, oh, you're my rival, and suddenly you're like, oh, this other person's the rival, but they're so bubbly and upbeat and probably like a 12-year-old anime girl. How could this be, Um, right? And I think that's that's what we're talking about, is that game design is, right, an extension, whether or not it realized this, right, is that it is an extension of these story-crafting principles for, right, telling that forward momentum.
2: Yeah, exactly, and, it exists both like sort of at the microcosmic as well as the macrocosmic level. What Lauren is talking about is more sort of a macrocosmic, not macrocosmic, but sort of like a, the the layer that is sort of more overarching, but you can even see it within like particular scenes or like particular instances of combat. Um, If you, so we haven't really given, I think we should give some examples of some good martial arts stuff to look at. Like the early Jackie Chan films, especially like the drunken Master ones are a really fantastic example of how you use martial arts to tell a story in a microcosmic way because each of his individual fights and the way in which he reacts and the way like his entire fighting style conveys like who the character is it's all really brilliant and it's brilliant because you know jackie chan basically kills himself to make those movies so so it's unfortunate but it's it is very-
0: unfortunate. But yeah, and I'm actually glad we're going back to this like kind of yeah. film example for the mi- microcosmic because I hope now you understand the macrocosmic. But I just watched actually, um, it's not a Jackie Chan, but I watched uh, Hard Boiled. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that that was fantastic. as so, well. So like, the- I just recently the- watched that in theaters.
2: Yeah, the specific th- scene that I was thinking of is actually from a television show called Into the Badlands, which also has really, really good fight choreography just across the board. But there's this scene in which um, these two female characters, one who is the, quote, quote, baron of her particular domain, in other words, she's the leader of her domain, and her like lieutenant are fighting each other because the lieutenant has realized that her her leader is maybe not doing everything she's doing for like the right moral reasons. Um whereas the the leader, the baron sees herself as like essentially, you know, an ends justify the means kind of situation. Um and in the but in the course of this battle, like it begins with the the baron, the leader not taking it very seriously and kind of toying with her lieutenant until it gets to a point where the lieutenant actually like hurts her because she's been goofing around and then she and then it because she begins to take it more seriously the action becomes far more intense you start to see like the full breadth of her particular like fighting skills that is a narrative structure because you know it begins with in a particular emotional moment where one character sees it as kind of a goof the other is very deadly serious about it and then over the course of them fighting each other initially then the one who previously thought it was a goof now also takes it seriously and then the nature of the combat between them changes as a result like literally what they're doing mechanically in the fight is a direct reflection of the emotional and narrative arc that is encompassed in this little fight i don't remember which season it's one of the later seasons but it's a really amazing scene and so then if you look at like I don't know just a particular game in which like a fight has a similar kind of narrative structure where like you know the boss may be toying with your character initially until you get to a point where you actually hurt them and then the boss powers up and like fights back in in a serious way like you can take that same structure that you see in a martial arts film and literally transpose it directly onto in-game combat by just allowing you to control one of the perspectives, like that's literally all you would have to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I think what's really, I have two really good examples, and I actually brought up one um, earlier in a podcast, so I'm gonna go with a different one, and then I'll, I'll go back to the second yeah. one. Uh, both are like boss encounters. The first one is gonna be in Yakuza Like a Dragon, where in this game you play as a like new protagonist, right, Ichiban Kasuga. And you have to fight basically the former protagonist that you have been playing. And what's fascinating about this is that if you have played all of the series or at least some of the other t- previous Yakuza game titles, you know exactly what moves that boss is using.
1: Yeah. But
0: you also played them. So they're really hard, <laughs> right? And even though you know what rush style is and you yeah. know it's going to be a bunch of combos and you you're ready for it, like yeah. you are not prepared to take on, right? This AI incarnation of yourself, right? And you're like, ha, yeah. ha I know what you're doing. I should be really powerful. And yet just like Kasuga, you're like, you just knocked me out in like three hits and I think I should go to Sotamburi and I should go to the fight arena and I should level up again, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> and now like you're recognizing that there's a power dynamic imbalance that even yeah. in a situation where narratively you can see the changes incoming, right? Cuz yeah. you're in you've been in that perspective, right? You've changed your perspective and now you're yeah. in your perspective. Yeah. You're like fuck, I am not ready.
1: <laughs> like and I think
0: that's that's the point of that encounter, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's really it's really it's really strong. Um so Nicholas, if you if there's something from that you want to kind of build off of, uh, I'd love to hear it before I go into my and then here's when well, I mean I I
2: mean the example the, that I had thought of is I mm, I can't remember which expansion. No, it's not in an expansion. Anyway, in uh the the wonderful game Final Fantasy XIV, there is yes. a moment when a party from one of the other stars, which are worlds in that in that you know universe, comes to yours and is essentially sort of like the dark reflection of your own like hero party, as as the Scions. And so you you're put in this moment where like they're trying to kill you but they are constructed as a party in the same way that you in game with other players would be constructed as a party. And that fight plays very differently because you actually have to think about it instead of like, you know, you a a bunch of like, you know, your fellow heroes beating up on a single boss, you actually have to think of a group of heroes fighting another group of heroes. And you, and the dynamics of that particular like encounter are based upon you both having to sort of act as a party while also thinking about your enemies as a party. So there's this weird dual perspective that you get as a result. Yeah, I really like that example. And it's an uncommon one in that game. And it's really fascinating when it happens. And so like, that's my example of how, like the combat itself has this peculiar narrative structure to it precisely because you have to rethink how the combat encounter works over and against the way it typically works otherwise in the game.
0: And I do want to mention that when you have combat as narrative, right? Or the fact that combat is narrative, narrative, combat, like etc. However, yeah. you know, however you want to word that in English, because in English you can put words in any order and apparently make sense of them um is that i mean it's true (laughs) um (laughs) um, i i (laughs) sorry i'm like laughing at my own
1: uh
0: okay (laughs) rewind whenever you want to think about that i want to be clear that while nicholas and i are going to be bringing up these very like specific and memorable examples it's because we're human right the combat is narrative doesn't just hold up in these extraneous examples or these exceptions to the rule, right? It, it doesn't just happen when you have a break. It's happening all of the time, and yeah. that's why you remember the break because subconsciously you have just been continuously creating this narrative over and over. Yeah. Um I am not going to do my the example I was going to put just so that everyone's clear. If you have been a long time listener, is I was going to talk about my bad encounter with Insomniac's Spider-Man Myles Morales, uh, (laughs) where I did not unlock a a very specific skill that they had thought that I would have (laughs) unlocked. And it definitely was required to make the boss battle easy. Um, And it definitely took uh, like three times as long without it because I actually wasn't able to stun the boss. So I just had to quite literally power through it, which made fighting your best friend like a little more real because like there wouldn't yeah. be a way to like stun lock your best friend. Like you'd be constantly struggling the whole time. And so that was cool. Um but I'm TLDRing that uh for the example that I just forgot about, which is great. I love that. Um <laughs> I do this all the time. Anyway, uh well, I will remember it. Yeah, well we're coming,
2: we're coming to the to time here. So I wanted to table that discussion for the Patreon episode. Um, for those of you who aren't aware, we have a Patreon. You can pay five dollars a month to unlock a bonus episode um two a month in addition to the two free episodes that we do every month. There is also a a higher tier at fifteen dollars where you can gain access to our discord and generally just have a more direct like influence like literally the people who are like talk to us on you know in discord. We just let them kind of influence what we're going to talk about, because ultimately we want to be as responsive to you all as possible. So before we go, Lauren, is there anything you would like to leave the fine people with?
0: No, I will leave you with my undying appreciation and excitement for any new and loyal listeners. Please join us on our community on Patreon. We are going to super fully stack that tier. So please get in early and influence some of the stuff that we talk about there. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight.